watches, and whiskey. Do I have your attention? <laughs> this is Jonathan Geller at D. Geller & Son Jewelers, and we're celebrating summer and Father's Day with something we've never done before. This Saturday, we'll have Atlanta's biggest and best selection of new and pre-owned Swiss watches under each of our roofs. We're talking fan favorites like Tissot and Omega, showstoppers from Rolex, and it gets better. With help from Old Fourth Distillery, we're providing complimentary whiskey tastings while you browse. It's this Saturday, June 8th, in all three D. Geller & Son showrooms. Learn more at dgeller.com. Okay, before I get to my next guest, Tom Stankowski, I want to remind you about a few more of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Finn Cycles. It's time to rethink golf. The game is at a tipping point. The young people we need in the game don't have four and a half hours to spend out on the course. Pairing Finn Cycles with a desire to play ready golf can cut playing time in half because all golfers go directly to their own golf ball. Plus, it's tons of fun. Go online to finscooters.com and click on Find a Fin for a course that has them near you. I also want to give a shout-out to our friends over at Golf Pride. Did you know that Golf Pride lets you rep your favorite team while also using the number one grip in golf? Your team, your grip, MCC Hybrid Grips, the number one grip series worldwide. Features an exclusive brush cotton cord in the upper hand for all-weather performance with premium rubber in the lower hand for added feel. The new MCC Team Series is available in a variety of new color combinations so you can rep your favorite team out on the course. Available in standard and midsize. Check it out online by going to golfpride.com. And folks, this segment of the show is sponsored by our friends over at the PGA Tour Superstore. This segment of the show is brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstore. See why golfers everywhere are proud to call PGA Tour Superstore their golf pro shop. Visit them online at PGATourSuperstore.com. Now back to Chris and more of the show. Okay, now next on the tee with me is Tom Stankowski. As you all know, his brother Paul has been a wonderful friend of the show over the last eight years. Tom is a fantastic player as well. Played his college golf at Arizona State, where he won twice in 1986 at the San Francisco and Butler National Intercollegiate Tournaments. He was twice named an honorable mention for All-American in 1987 and 88. He was named a first or second team All-Pac-10 player from 1986 to 1988. Qualified for the U.S. Open in 1992. In 2004, he won the San Francisco Open. 2005, came back to Arizona and won the Arizona Open by five strokes at Troon Country Club, setting the 36-hole record with opening rounds of 65 and 66. In 2007, Tom finished 34th on the Canadian Tour's Order of Merit. He came back in 2008 and finished 22nd at the Seaforth Country Classic thanks to a final round 63, and then he won the Canadian Tour Championship, which lifted him to 7th on the Order of Merit that season. Tom has also had success down in Naples, Florida. He was the medalist for local qualifying for the U.S. Open in 2012. He qualified for the U.S. Senior Open Championship in 2016. In 2017, he finished tied for 10th at the Florida Senior Open Championship, and this year he finished tied for 20th. And I'm excited to have him with me here tonight on Next on the Tee. Hey, Tom, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, Chris. Uh, glad you asked. Tom, I want to start by going back to when you and Paul were kids. When did you guys first start playing and getting out on the golf course? Wow, wow. <laughs> what a question. Um, that was back in Oxnard, California. Um, little CB base that my dad, uh, my mom lived across from and and was lucky enough to play there. It cost like 25 cents for a dependent to go play with his, with his dad. And 
And uh, that's where Paul and I kind of started. And, and uh, that was fun. It was a good gig, <laughs> actually. Tom, you got to be honest with me here, and it's just you, me, and a few thousand of our closest friends listening in tonight, but did you tackle Paul hard in a backyard football game? Did you drop him on his head at some point? How in the world did you allow Paul to become a Dallas Cowboys fan? <laughs> right? <laughs> Man, there's so many stories I couldn't even, I, I, I couldn't pull one out, though, it's, it's uh, it, it was great having him as a brother. That's for sure. It is having him as a brother. That's for sure. But um, as far as stories go, shoot, man, I I can't remember stories, man. I I stay in the present moment. <laughs> and and Tom, like you mentioned, you guys are from Oxnard, California, and so I'm curious, how did you end up playing your college golf at Arizona State? Shoot, George Baltel, the legendary George Baltel, um, recruited me. He was actually recruiting another player. Um, and seen me play at Junior World, and uh, that's kind of how it started. I, and I went to my recruiting trip out there and fell kind of in love with the desert. It was kind of totally different golf than what I grew up on, and uh, I'm a Sun Devil for life. <laughs> right on. 1986 was a, a big year for you. You won twice that season. Talk about what you remember about winning the San Francisco and Butler National Intercollegiate Tournaments. Well, those two good golf courses, um, and for some reason, I just get geared up for good golf courses. I mean, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Olympic Club, that, that San Francisco Intercollegiate was an Olympic Club, and, and um, you know, I, I guess I play good on hard golf courses. I have no idea. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and then a Butler National. Butler National was a pretty, pretty special spot, too. To I'd watch that golf that, that golf course at Butler that through the Western Open, I, I believe, was there. But, so I watched that for a long time and got to play there and actually won there. So that was weird. I mean, it's, that's all I can say is weird because it's like it's something you dream of doing and all of a sudden it happens and you win and you're like, whoa, that's, that, that's weird. <laughs> but uh, anyway. And Tom, you played alongside Billy Mayfair, who had a very successful college and PGA Tour career. Talk about being teammates with Billy. Well, Billy taught me a huge, valuable lesson. And it wasn't until, you know, 15, 10, 15 years after college that I actually learned it. And when we would play, we'd play five days a week together, uh, Monday through Friday. And and um, when we would play, Billy would always post a score every day. I'm out with the other guys just hitting two shots, three shots, picking up, not really posting a score. And uh, I just, you know, he posted a score all the time. So when we get to a tournament, he was so used to posting a score that he would just, it would be like the same routine for him. Whereas for us, we're like, okay, cool. Now we get to go post a score, you know, and, and, uh, he would always play good and we would always play not as good as we probably could have played. But, um, I've learned a valuable lesson that, you know, that's just kind of the way you have to do it. You have to, you know, post scores to be able to improve, you know, being a golfer, that period. I don't care how much time you spend on a range and a chipping green and if you can't learn how to play the game of golf you know that's and the and, and, and playing the game of golf isn't the golf swing you know it's totally different so, so I, Billy Mayfair was a great great guy to look up to and to chase because he was always the number one player he was the best player in the country coming out as a junior and and uh you know I got to play with the best in the country five days a week 
Um, he used to hit this five wood that would, I'd hit, I mean, it would be like eight feet every time from, from 210 yards out. He'd hit this little five wood to 10 feet. You know, I, I just watched it all wow. the time. I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. So it's kind of like, that's what I have to do. You know, so he kind of gave me that bar to set on how to close to hit it from far range, you know, from, and I don't hit the ball very far. I've never have hit the ball very far, but, you know, so I need those five, four, three irons, you know, five you know, woods, three woods. I need those into some par fours. So I got no problem with that. You know, I don't, I'll let the guys hit it farther than me, hit it eight iron in and I'll hit my four iron. I have no problem with that. <laughs> I don't have an ego. I'm not like trying to bust it out there farther because they hit it a lot farther than me. It's just kind of, I just go with my game. Phil Mickelson came to Arizona State the year after you left. Did you get to know him at all back then, or were you on to other things by the time he got there? Well, I didn't get to know him. I've, I've hung out with him, um, played some pool with him. Great pool player, by the way, too. Um, and uh, played once or twice with him in college because I did hang out there when I first turned pro in 1988. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was kind of cool. He came in and. Uh, Billy and I left, and, and uh, yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> Tom, Arizona State has such a rich history of great players. Tom Pertzer was there before you. He's become a great friend of the show. Howard Twitty back in the day, another great player. Did those guys ever come around and uh, give you guys some tips or help you in any way to uh, improve your games and then give you some encouragement along the way as well? We'd see him once in a while, um, not not very often, but we would see him, and uh, they'd be gracious and give us their time and and you know share some of their their experiences because for you know when you're a freshman and sophomore, it's so f fresh and you're I mean for me to be at Arizona State, you know all of a sudden I'm in Oxnard one day and Arizona State the next day, it's or or in Tempe the next day, it's like it's hard, it's the adjustment. So they were kind enough to um, come back, you know Jimmy Carter. And guys like that that were closer to my age. Um, so yeah, it was, it's nice to have that fraternity of guys that uh, that look after each other. That's for sure. Tom, 2005 was another good season for you. You won the Arizona Open by five strokes, breaking the 36-hole record with a 65-66 start in the first two rounds. Really sealing the deal on the back nine during the final round. You drove the green on the 299-yard par 4 13th hole. You followed that with a birdie, a 60-foot bomb that dropped in on 14. You added another birdie for good measure on 17. What do you remember about that week, and what was it like winning the Open in the state where you played your college golf? Yeah, that was special. Um, it was special from the time I drove the green. <laughs> I mean, because at that moment in time, I only had um, maybe a one-shot lead, um, and the guy who took the, you know, who who just made birdie on me, um, he got up and he hit it up on the green. So I mean, I could have laid up. You lay up with like a four or five iron off to the right, and then come over this big creek. I could have done that, but I thought, you know what, this is it. I mean, I have to do this. I'm not bailing out, you know. So I hit it up there on the green, and I end up. He ended up three putting, and I end up making birdie and then it was just kind of like okay i think i had a two-shot lead then you know so and then it was just kind of neat from there on out and playing in arizona i had a good buddy of mine come out and watch me play and and i played with steve schneider who's a great player from utah great pro from utah 
I was playing. He was actually the defending champion that that year, and I was playing with him the first two rounds when I shot 65, 66. And to be honest, if it wasn't for him that I played with, that I don't know if I would have shot that, you know, because he just kind of he was a defending champ. I've known Steve for a long time, and it was it just happened to you know I just happened to get in the zone, <laughs> and for two three days, and uh, yeah, that was fun, especially you know being a Sun Devil. So. Yeah, that 05 was good. And plus, I played the Gateway Tour out there as well during that during 05. Um, so I was playing a lot of golf then, um, you know, and enjoying life. Now I'm not playing much. <laughs> Tom, you go up to Canada and you have a lot of success up there as well. I read that the 63 you shot in the final round at the Seaforth Country Classic helped give you the confidence to go on and win the Canadian Tour Championship in 2008. Do you recall, did something click in that final round for you at Seaforth that helped you the rest of the way that season? Well, it's a, that golf course is a very it's very gettable. Guys were going really low. Um, it's not a very long course, and there's a few couple drivable par fours. And it's a fun course, super fun course to play. Um, and I played it a couple years, and I, I, you know, I shoot 69, 67, you know, just, just you know, not getting it. I mean, that's that's. Those are decent scores, but not on a course where you should you could you can get 63 pretty easy, 62. And uh, when I shot 63, I just everything kind of came together that day. You know, I, I drove the the, the par fours where before I hadn't. I just stepped up and hit driver and got them on those par fours and made my birdies and and uh, you know I just kind of rolled over. And it was actually I want to say it was the very next week that the tour championship was up in Barrie. Ontario and and then just kind of had that feeling and when you have good feelings it's hard to have a bad feeling you know so I had awesome feeling on every aspect of my game and I just kind of rode it <laughs> and it was fun the only bummer is I didn't have a tournament after that in 08 you know that was you know that was um that was the end of the tour champion that was the end of the tour so I just kind of I kind of came back home and and then I saw my dad hug his brother for the last time. And Tom, in that 2008 Canadian Tour Championship, you trailed by four shots after 36 holes. But in the final round, you and Canadian Wes Heffernan, you guys were tied with two holes left to play, and you hit what I'm guessing was one of the best clutch six irons of your life on the approach on 17. You hit it to four feet to, and then make the birdie to take the lead. And then a great drive and another six iron pin high on 18. You make that putt too. Talk about that situation and producing those clutch shots to win. Both six irons too. I got lucky. I had kind of the same yardage on both shots. And when I pulled off the six iron on 17, well, when I had the six iron on 18, I'm like, that's just the same shot. You know, so I ate back and that shot on 17 gave me some confidence. And I pulled it off on 18. Um, you know, I was just in that moment, and I didn't know I was going to win. I mean, I'm tied going into 16, and I, I, I want to say I had the lead, or, and then I lost it, and then I'm tied going into 17. And to birdie 17, 18, it was just, you know, I didn't, uh, I think it was just 100% belief in myself that I can do it. You know, so that, and that, that's why I pulled it off. <laughs> I think that's why we pull off anything is when we have 100% belief in our ability, you know. Tom, before I let you go, let our listeners know, how can they stay up to date with the things that you're doing? I know you're playing some really good golf down there in Florida. 
qualifying for the state championship and the senior state championship. Let them know how they can stay up to date with you. Well, um, I, I have a Facebook page and Instagram page, and that uh, it's Tommy Stankowski at, um, on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, that's about it. You know, I'm, um, I don't post a whole lot. I'm not a big social uh, media guy, but uh, you know, I kind of lay low. And, and uh, but when I do stuff, I do post some things. And, and uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on, Chris. That's, that's awesome. What I was going to say earlier, when I got kind of emotional, is I saw my dad hug my his his brother for the last time for the last time and then that's when I said you know what man I gotta get I gotta get off the road and get closer to my mom and dad and kind of take care of them a little bit and that's kind of where I am now you know so it's that's kind of led to led to, to my current situation so it's all good I love it I love the decisions I've made in life well Tom thanks for taking time out of your night to come and be a part of the show I hope you'll come back and do it again sometime. Chris, yeah, man. Awesome. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, I do too. <laughs> I look forward to talking to you as well. Thanks, Tom. Take care. Say hello right, to Paul brother. for me. All the best to you and your family. We'll catch up soon. Right on. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. See you, Tom. That's uh, Tom Skankowski, and uh, the guy has done tremendous stuff on the uh, on the Florida circuit down there for the Florida Open, the Florida Senior Championship. He's qualified. Uh, for for the U.S. Senior Open, so he's a heck of a player, and uh, hopefully we get the opportunity to have him back on the show again sometime. Watches and whiskey. Do I have your attention? <laughs> this is Jonathan Geller at D. Geller & Son Jewelers, and we're celebrating summer and Father's Day with something we've never done before. This Saturday, we'll have Atlanta's biggest and best selection of new and pre-owned Swiss watches under each of our roofs. We're talking fan favorites like Tissot and Omega, showstoppers from Rolex, and it gets better. With help from Old Fourth Distillery, we're providing complimentary whiskey tastings while you browse. It's this Saturday, June 8th, in all three D. Geller & Son showrooms. Learn more at dgeller.com. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash John. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC.